0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. NFC East fans, your team trash. And you know that. Yes, this includes my Eagles, but they are still your NFC East champs. And will probably hold on to the title at least one more year. We might have one more year with all our... uh, aging veterans, and the Cowboys are going to get everybody back next year. And the, the Giants and Washington's probably going to get better next year. Yeah, this is the year to do something with another division title. I can't see why they wouldn't. Look at the NFCE standings right now. Eagles 3-4-1, Washington 2-5, Cowboys 2-6, Giants 1-7. The way the Eagles are playing We are headed for a collision course for week 17, Eagles-Washington. I never thought this would happen, especially after week one, but here we are. We might get in a situation where the Eagles will BS and end up in a winner-take-all game against Washington for a wild-card spot, and they already lost to them. Oh, my God. That would be the worst. I'm trying to go to that game regardless. But especially if it's going to be winner-take-all. Shoot, I need to look for tickets now because I'm really trying to go. But that's where we're headed because the Eagles are so inconsistent. Washington has an easier schedule. And they could be there. They could be there at the end of the season. And we do going to have to beat them to go to the playoffs. I'm sure the Eagles win that game. But it's no promises because it's a bad matchup because of their pass rush and their defense. I mean, offensively, I don't see how they could really threaten the Eagles. But with their defense giving us all those problems, it's going to be a close game. But that's week 17. Let's get there first. The Eagles still have a game and some change lead against Washington and the Cowboys. You know, I want the Cowboys to lose against the Steelers on Sunday because I want to bury them. Get them out of the way just like the Giants. Eagles beat the Giants, you pretty much got them out the way too. So then all you have to do is just be better than Washington. I feel like that shouldn't be hard, but I don't know. The Eagles are inconsistent and have a tough schedule. You got the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Saints, the Packers. It's not easy, bro. Not easy at all. You got the Browns. Even the Browns, I think the Browns and the Eagles are about even. So it's going to be – it's in Cleveland. They're going to have fans. So it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to really come to play that game. But I feel like if we can stop Kareem Hunt, they're going to get to Baker, and the Eagles should win that game. I, I love Baker. Love Baker to death, man. I hate what Cleveland be doing to him. But against the Eagles, he has to go down. I'm sorry. He, he has to take that L. I love the guy, but mm-mm. in order to beat the Eagles, like Baker Mayfield is going to have to have a good game because I think the Eagles will do just enough to limit Kareem Hunt. And maybe if they get Nick Chubb back, I don't think they're getting him back, maybe Nick Chubb. So they they could do it. And speaking of the Eagles, they beat the Cowboys last Sunday night. So I was doing lift. I was like, you know what, let me get in a lift session before the game really heats up. I was listening to like the first quarter or so on the radio. Very predictable. The Eagles let the Cowboys hang around. They were even losing at halftime, and all the Cowboys did was kick field goal. I swear to God, that Ben DiNucci kid couldn't do anything. He could not do anything, man. He was not that good at all. That's why he got benched, for real. The only reason the Cowboys were in it Because the Eagles have four turnovers. And, of course, sometimes they don't get fourth downs. Man, I was just frustrated. I mean, it's it's the Eagles, man. Come on. That's how they've been playing. They play to the level of their competition. How do you be within two points of Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the fourth quarter but struggle to beat the Giants and the Cowboys and lose to Washington and tie with the Bengals? This is – this blows my mind. It blows my mind. But then again, they're playing with a bunch of backups on offense. Defense, they pretty much have everybody. And the defense has just been inconsistent. But Ben DiNucci was so bad with his throws and decisions that even with good field position, the Cowboys did jack squat. Okay, remember that drive where they were running the ball on the right side the whole time and Zeke and Pollard was just gashing the Eagles. And then these these fools going to do a reverse. And once that got stopped, I knew they were done. And, of course, Greg the Leg negated his 57-yard field goal, which I can't believe he made, with a missed field goal in that situation. Oh, my God. But this is what really broke the game open, though. That play where Ben DiNucci got sacked, fumbled, And it got returned for a touchdown by Rodney McLeod, another WCAC alum. I know he went to the matha, but DMV WCAC stand-up. He scored. And there's a lot of controversy because they said Vinny Curry was down. Eh, That's debatable. We never really got a good angle on it. We never really did. I know, I know the Cowboys, they got some calls that, to me, were pretty bad. They weren't as bad as that one or controversial as that one. I mean, one of Trayvon Diggs' interceptions were questionable. Uh, One of their fourth down stops was questionable. No, one of their fourth down conversions was questionable. They got a bad spot on two straight plays, and they got the first down anyway. So the ref goes both ways, but I think that was the most controversial call, and I just laughed because (laughs) it it couldn't have have, happened to a better team. It couldn't happen to a better team, the Dallas Cowboys. So, hey, I don't care. Y'all got shafted or may have got shafted. I don't know. I don't care. You're the Cowboys. I love to see you suffer. Take that L. 23-9. to Eagles win. I, I predicted 20-10 to on Skip's Twitter and it ended up being 23-9. to I knew the Eagles were going to fool around. I knew they were going to play like they've played all season and they're going to have to get better or they're going to run into Washington at the end of the season. And we're going to have to fight to beat them to get into the playoffs. That's, that's where they headed right now. But if they can play just a little bit better, we'll create distance between Washington and between, between us Eagles and Washington. And then it's a wrap. Then that brings me to my next point. That means if they make the playoffs, I give them a good chance of beating whoever comes out of that top wild card spot. That could be the Saints, who we would have already played, already got tape on them. You know what happened the last time we played the Saints twice? They blew us out, and then they barely beat us in the playoffs. And then this game is going to be in Philly. The only problem is Breeze is, like, undefeated against the Eagles in the playoffs, so I don't know about that, man. That's a tough one. But the Eagles—they could win. Saints have been inconsistent. I don't know how they—I don't know how the Eagles stop Michael Thomas because he's going to be back. But it doesn't matter. They'll—they'll they'll figure it out. The Bucks—they uh, only beat Brady once, I believe. They're loaded on both sides of the ball. That's going to be tough. But it's in Philly, and once again, the Buccaneers' offense wasn't impressive against the Giants and the Bears, teams that we are just as good as—is as, or better especially on defense. I hope we get the Bears. Bears are not very good to me. They got Nick Foles. I would love to see Nick Foles versus Wentz. Okay, I can't say they're not very good. They're a good team, but they're very beatable. So I hope that's the best-case scenario for any NFC East team is to play the Bears in the wild-card round. God, I hope not. I hope not the Vikings. Well, the Vikings, do you trust Kirk Cousins? We can shut down Cook. That's fine. I hope they go on a run and make playoffs because I think the Eagles can beat. Man, who else? I think the Packers will win the division. They're clearly the best team in the division. But in any event that they somehow lose the division and end up coming to Philly, that's going to be a tough one. That's another team we're going to have to play this season anyway. So I'm sure they'll the Eagles will fare better just because they've played them. The Cardinals and the Seahawks, bad matchups because they – can take advantage of the, our secondary offensively, but offensively though we can keep up with them because neither of those teams play defense. Am I missing anybody? Maybe the Rams. I know the Rams smacked this already, but the second time around, especially with the Rams not playing as well as they did against, as well as they did in week two. Yeah, I definitely give the Eagles a great shot to win that. So I, I don't have no reason to not be confident. In the Eagles, or even Washington, or an outside chance, the Giants. The Giants almost beat the Rams and the Bears, so they could definitely compete with them in the playoffs. So definitely, man, I, I definitely gonna say that the NFC East team will win their wild card game. After that, I, I just don't think they go any further. No matter who it is, it's probably going to be the Eagles. But no matter who it is, yeah. Hey, but good win for the Eagles against the Cowboys. They were playing around. I knew they was going to play around. This is the 2020 Eagles. They're inconsistent. They don't take care of the ball. They better get it together or Washington's going to catch them. Point blank, period. But, hey, let's let's keep watching. The NFC East is entertaining to me, unlike whatever other people say. Ha, <laughs> ha, yeah. Let's go. Let's talk about the election. It is a joke as i expected this is a joke i never took it seriously i almost didn't vote but i got guilted into voting once again i had to do it for my ancestors who fought for our right to vote that's the only reason i'm voting because i don't think especially for president i don't think none of that shit changes anything we're still going to have inequality we're still going to fight mad wars we're still going to spend a lot on military. We're still going to have homeless and hungry people. healthcare not everyone can afford healthcare. We're going through a COVID crisis that we still can't get a handle on. None of this stuff is changed. And violence in the inner city, police shootings—don't keep happening. What does Joe Biden or Trump being in office do for any of that, especially Black people? What is that? What? 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 What's special about that? And in the Congress, don't the Republicans have the Senate? I got to check up on that, but that's going to be an issue too if they had the Senate. So that means, you know, they got the Senate, Democrats got the House. I mean, don't you need both of them to pass bills? Bro, I can't believe I'm talking politics right now. I don't even like politics. This is crazy, but this is hilarious. I've enjoyed all the reactions. I've enjoyed all the ups and downs. This is the closest election I've ever seen in my life. Gore and Bush does not count because I didn't know what was going on. I just knew everyone said Gore was good, Bush was bad, and Gore lost, Bush won because of Florida. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. Looks like we got a similar situation. People crying about voter fraud. People crying about mail-in voting. I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to vote mail-in the rest of my life. I don't care. I don't care. It's not that serious. I think I'll take my election my local elections more serious cuz I think that has a bigger impact than um the general national elections. Like this this is a joke, especially in DC where everything's blue, bro. Like Donald Trump only got 5% of the vote. Like come on. When's the last time DC voted a Republican candidate? I got to look that up. I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened since the 60s or the 50s. Dog, I just saw something. Ronald Reagan, right? In eighty-four, won every single state except Minnesota and DC. How does DC DC still voted blue, even with Ronald Reagan? I know Ronald Reagan didn't lose by that much in DC from what I heard. But damn, bruh. Like it is deep rooted here. With that, that's another reason why my vote is a kind of a joke here. Because you already know it's gonna go blue i voted independent by the way no fucks given no no fucks given um don't care uh, this is uh listen i've just enjoyed all the entertainment i enjoyed all the, the memes and the gifs and the videos and the, the the big swings and uh trump losing freaking georgia after having like a 3-1 lead <laughs> that's another thing i said he lost a 3-1 lead And everyone's saying and people saying like like R.A. Miller, that is 28 to three is more appropriate metaphor analogy for that because it's Atlanta, because Atlanta was the main catalyst between the main catalyst behind Biden pretty much winning Georgia or taking the lead over Georgia after having like a million, maybe two million vote deficit. That is incredible. But I said 3-1, and I could justify that because the Braves literally just lost a series after being up (laughs) 3-1. So, someone losing 3-1 in Georgia, I mean, come on. Trump choked. I thought he had Wisconsin and Michigan. He doesn't. Got bodied. The inner cities are killing Trump because there's a lot of minorities. It's very diverse. So, he just, you know, he pissed a lot of people off and... And his handling of COVID didn't help either. I don't know much about politics, but I just know that, you know, pissed off to me minorities, and he messed up COVID. That'll do it. That'll do it. You're done. You're done. And even in allies of minorities, too, you'd piss them off, too. I'm enjoying it. It's hilarious. Y'all taking it too seriously. Like It's not that serious. Like, we want real change. We all got to come together and decide we want to change this, and we're going to change that. I saw it with all the protests after george floyd you saw all the companies make a move because we all put pressure on them for the most part i mean there's still some opposition it's gonna be i mean not everyone thinks the same but seriously like it's just what it is we all gotta come together we really want things to be better they take it uh, no not really they're gonna take forever to count the votes and that's hilarious it i mean come on we we haven't figured it out yet how long does it take to count mail-in voting I can see why people are suspicious. I think there's more Republicans suspicious than Democrats, especially Trump has tweeted that there's a lot of fraud and cheating. We'll see, we'll see. My gut tells me that there's no cheating that these uh, poll workers and election workers just regular folks just trying to do their job, and they know how important this election is, and they don't want to mess anything up. It's just the way it is. I think this election sucks a joke. I um, I thought about voting for Kanye. Like, I, I rethought about it. Like, I, I almost changed my mind. He wasn't on the ballot in D.C. anyway, so it didn't matter. But that's how much of a joke I saw this election. Every time anyone takes this this thing too seriously, i laugh to myself. Like, I'm like, come on, maybe I need to get more educated. Maybe I'm missing something, but from what I see, a lot of things aren't gonna change. Things are gonna pretty much stay the same unless we could all come together and agree on something. Period. Uh, this got me thinking a lot of people, a lot of girls that I like on Twitter, they were really into this election. They were really into these politics. And, um, and a lot of them are left leaning. I'm in the middle. So, um, a lot of them are very left leaning and, um, I'm like, damn, I don't have a chance with a lot of these chicks because it's like, damn, if a girl is going to be really political like that, they're really into politics like that. How am I going to get along with them? Because my view on politics, presidents and stuff, just my views in general, it's just going to piss a lot of women off that are really into politics. I mean, I pissed one off already. Huh, but that was a while ago. I just don't think (laughs) they would like me like that. But then again, like I've seen over and over when this topic has come up, if a woman or even a man, if you flip this, I guess, doesn't like you just over political reasons, then y'all need to be together. Like, because love got to go beyond that. I know that much. I may not know much about dating. I may suck at it, but I know that much. You got to be, uh... I mean, you don't got to like everything about your partner, but I mean, it's got to be, y'all got to be able to compromise and work on that, even with the differences. Gotta be patient, kind, selfless, because you're not going to agree on everything. But um, yeah, man, I can't, <laughs> all these girls are really into politics. I'm like, man, go ahead, bro. It ain't that serious. But I was afraid to say something, because I guess that's just how I'm wired. I'm afraid to say that big controversial thing that causes drama and that makes people mad. That may be the reason why I don't I haven't really gotten really anywhere in life because I'm always keeping it, playing it safe. I'm always holding back. But I'm just here to tell you right now, y'all cute, y'all fine. It ain't that serious. But hey, listen, if Trump wins, I think the only woman I really like on the internet, that they ain't really, really into politics, is uh, feminista Jones, and even she, she kind of has similar views as, as I do. She's kind of in the middle. She kind of want to see systems change and um, institutions change more than uh, red and blue and presidents. But hey, even she is really woke and really into her causes. So that that would be that'd be a tough matchup too. <laughs> but man. It's just election week. I think all this will calm down in the future uh in the near future, but we'll see. So, here we go. So, lovely lady C. This I just put this in here. One lovely lady C. One of my favorite Washington sports follows. Did not be not because she looks good. Not because of that, but she really just be I like her tweets about Washington sports. I love I'm a Washington sports fan, except the Washington football team. I haven't liked them since since 2000. So there you go. Anyway, she gave props to Philly and Atlanta because they're pretty much swinging the election to Biden. So she praised them for that and said, I will never say a bad word about philly and atlanta especially their sports teams again okay i was like all right it ain't that serious i was like listen i don't have a problem with philly and atlanta as cities and sports teams except the braves i cannot stand them the flyers are annoying sometimes because they're thorn in the capital side they've been a thorn in the capital side lately and also uh the phillies can be annoying sometimes and they got bryce harper but i don't really have no problem with them either so, listen, the Sixers never had a problem with, even though I was, you know, arguing with some Sixers fan two years ago. <laughs> I don't have a problem with them. Uh, you know I love my Eagles. I did hate the Hawks, but then they got Trey Young, and I love Trey Young. So I could never dislike the Hawks again just because they have Trey Young and they're building him up to be this superstar. Never liked the Braves. Falcons I'm cool with. Atlanta FC, I'm cool with. Philadelphia Union, I'm I'm cool with. I mean, sure, they can get annoying when they beat DC United, but nah. I mean, I'm not. I don't really have any hard feelings. But that tweet, my response to uh one lovely lady C's tweet is, I just can't do it for the Braves. Now, props to Philly and Atlanta for really showing up and really making their voices heard through their vo- uh, votes. But um, yeah. yeah i can't go that far and never say a bad thing about philly and atlanta sports they're going to be annoying sometimes (laughs) especially if you're a dc sports fan you got to play them all the time okay the point is philly and atlanta sports i have no problem with i have no problem with what lovely lady c said even though i dislike the braves (laughs) At the end of the day, how you feel about this election, it all depends on your perception and your worldview and what's important to you in your personal experiences. That is going to shape how you view the election, how you view the candidates, and which way you vote, period. I just view it, you know, I just view it some different ways than a lot of other folks. The way things been going in my life and how I look at things... I say it's not that serious. Other people, a lot of people would disagree. Hey, that's their prerogative. I don't really want to debate about it, but that's just how I feel. I usually avoid debates about it. If I have to, I will, but most of the time I don't have to, so I won't. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I got to say on that. All right, let's get to make that make sense. So over this week's make that make sense, finally retired the Jets. Finally, they're only a nine point underdog, maybe a seven point underdog. Very predictable against the Patriots. But the biggest underdog of the weekend in NFL is the Cowboys. 14 point underdog they're starting a practice squad qb they've been terrible ever since dak left they haven't really been good all year especially on defense the only reason they had a better defensive game against the eagles because the eagles offense is a mess and it's inconsistent so of course dallas is going to do something against that defense and carson Wentz turns over the ball so of course this is a terrible matchup pittsburgh can run the ball They got a lot of receivers that could take advantage of that secondary. They got a QB to get rid of the ball, unlike Carson Wentz. Got a QB that don't turn the ball over, unlike Carson Wentz. And Daniel Jones. Cowboys are in trouble. But it's make that make sense. So here's how they could win. Obviously, you got to feed Zeke. They had success against the Eagles when they were feeding Zeke and Pollard and they were gaining yards. They were running up the right side. And they had rhythm and pace to their offense and the Eagles couldn't had no answer for it until they ran that stupid reverse. They're gonna have to do that against Steelers. They have to keep the Steelers offense off the field. I pretty much say the same thing every week. If you keep the other team offense off the field, like you have a good chance. The Marcus Lawrence gonna have to turn up. Like, I'm gonna need three sacks from him if they're gonna win this game. Uh their linebackers, I don't know, the D tackles are okay, I guess. I don't know how effective the linebacker is going to be when your D tackles aren't that great. Uh, Secondary, I don't know. It's going to be tough for them. It's going to be really tough for them. But if the D-line in front seven can get pressure on Ben Roethlisberger, it could be a lot easier for them. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Oh, and another thing is if the Cowboys win the turnover battle, which is funny because they definitely won the turnover battle against the Eagles, but they still lost. Maybe if they win the turnover battle this time, they might win. We'll see. They have to make this a low-scoring game. They have to get some turnovers. They might have to get a special teams play, and they'll probably they-, they might win, but I really doubt they're gonna win. They're probably gonna get killed, and I love it because it's the Cowboys, the Cowboys. Yep. So let's make that make sense. <laughs> the Cowboys are gonna die, but if they could do all the things I just mentioned, they have a they have a chance. They have a chance because at the end of the day, it's still an NFL team. Even though you got a practice squad QB. Yeah, there you go. So now, let's get to the Sooner Schooner. Welcome back, Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins. I was wondering what happened to them. I was like, are they ever coming back? Like, what is this? What is going on? Do they keep failing drug tests? I'm not kidding you. Right after I put out the episode, I found out that they were playing. I mean the last episode. Boy, I was happy. Ramondre Stevenson? Oh, he was hyped to play that game. He had three touchdowns. He did look like beast mode. He looked like a hell of a power back. And him and Pleasure and um, McGowan. Oh, my God. We got a nice little running back trio. I think Stevenson's going to get most of the carries. You can't look at that game and be like, oh, no, nah, we got to split carries. We got to give him less touches. Man, he was incredible against Texas Tech. I'm a fan. Now, he was balling last year. But, man, this guy's like that. I, I love him. Ronnie Perkins. Had three tackles and two for a loss. Listen, OU killed Texas Tech. Texas Tech went down the field to their credit, punched OU in the mouth, seven nothing. OU came back, of course, and tied it up. And once once they got that turnover after that, the defense was amazing. And next thing you know, OU was up forty two seven. Everything else after forty two seven was garbage time. So, Texas had a few little touchdowns, but it didn't matter. We did whatever we wanted, as usual. I mean, Texas Tech give up, what, 468 yards a game? Like, what did you expect? Like, we were – it wasn't a good matchup for them. It usually isn't. The way they build their team usually doesn't match up well with OU at all. So, they got smoked. They got smoked. I think it was uh, 62-21, 66-21. Man – OU could have easily scored like 100. They could have easily scored 90 to 100 points. Like, they were rolling, but it's just some stupid penalties, turnovers, and stops here and there. Could have easily been 80, 90 points. That's how much they were rolling against Texas Tech. They can play like that. Well, they're going to play some better teams. So it's hard to repeat that same effort against better teams. They keep playing like that. They will win the Big Twelve again, and I love it. This week, they play Kansas, the worst team in the Big Twelve, arguably the worst team in FBS. You might as well say they probably are the worst team in FBS because even Arkansas and uh, Rutgers are better this year. They're even better this year. Kansas is horrible. They got down to Coastal Carolina, twenty-eight to nothing, a Sun Belt team, twenty-eight to nothing. Twenty eight to three at halftime. To their credit, they did they did come back. They did make a furious rally. That's the only thing that might give Kansas a chance. They're competitive. They fight hard. They're they always gonna they're always gonna have periods of time in the game where they make a run and they try to battle back. But they're always playing from behind. Because they're not very good. They can't do anything right for the most part. They don't start playing today down 20-30 points. Now, their quarterback Daniels who played last game, he's a solid dual threat that, that could give OU some problems. Puka isn't there. This guy uh, Logan Jr., he's a DB and a kick returner. He has some crazy kick return on, on Iowa State. He's someone you might have to look out for. That's it to be honest. I I really can't. I really can't see OU losing to Kansas. Kansas gives up 46 points a game. Rattler has three times the amount of yards as Daniels, the Kansas QB. But to be fair, Kansas QB didn't start the season. But, yeah, he has no touchdowns. That's crazy. The FBI gives OU a 98.7% chance to win. I would agree with that because this is a big-time mismatch. Kansas is in trouble. The only way they're going to win is if OU is messing around, turning the ball over, and not moving the ball – and uh, giving up big plays on defense because that's the only thing Kansas has going for them is their grit and their toughness that's it other than that they don't got nothing else going for them they should get bodied I say it's gonna be 52-21 OU because Kansas is gonna try to put a dent in that lead let's be honest but OU is probably gonna sit Spencer Rattler after halftime That's what I'm expecting. So now let's get off the Sooner Schooner and let's talk about Chad Dukes. Man, Chad Dukes, say it ain't so. He is arguably, because I listen to 106.7 The Fan. That's the DC Sports Radio Station. They're right up there on Half Street by the National Stadium in the same building as 95.5, hip-hop station I listen to. Um. He's arguably my favorite personality on 106.7 and the way he got fired is just good lord man I, i i was sad i was like really chad dukes got fired i knew something was wrong when i hear pete medhurst on the radio four days in a row nothing wrong with pete medhurst i said this before he's cool as long as he ain't doing that boring post game show nationals post game show he's cool i like when he talks sports He knows Chad Dukes, though. I was shocked. So I was like, something's weird. Something's wrong here. So I looked up Chad Dukes, and sure enough, he got fired. He got fired. Now, he did say multiple times on the radio that one day he might say something, and that could be the end because he knows what type of business he's in and that he says one wrong thing, he could be done. And the time came. He didn't really say it on the radio. From what I am, from my little research, it says he got fired for racist comments he made on his podcast that I've never listened to. But I might. I might. Um, here's a quote that's in question. Now, I don't know if it's just because of this. But he said, there are real legitimate concerns that people have that have nothing to do with the fact that they're against people with bad skin tone. There's personal accountability issues. There's family structure issues. There's the fact that communities with more violence and crime need to be policed more so that they have higher interactions with police. None of that could be spoken about. It's this person killed this person and now we have to burn down the city. And there's a lot of people that are smart enough to realize there's a more nuanced conversation, but they're not allowed to talk about it. So What so what you're what you're talking about is you're like, this is great. We're having a conversation. No, we're not. We're continuing to allow one group to speak and silencing the other ones and cascading them End quote. I mean, if he got fired because of that, it's kind of a reach because plenty of people have said there's tons of people said that. It's black people that said that. People in D.C. that lost people to inner city violence have said that. People who, um, freaking, um, people on Fox Sports said that. Jason Whitlock said that. But y'all think Jason Whitlock's racist, so that, I don't know if that counts. Um, same thing with Brandon Tatum. He said that, pretty much. A lot of people have said that. But I think the problem is, someone found that clip. They pressured 106.7, the fan, about letting Chad go because it really looked like he is condoning police brutality. And he is kind of insulting inner-city black folks because he, he says they need more policing. But there is a bunch of violence here, and we're upset about it. We want to do something about it, I guess, that's part of it. But I could see why people could see it as racist because it's very anti BLM it's very pro police bootlicking type of thing. People like to say, I see how it looks. It seems that he's he's on the side of the racial profiling police. And that's going to be a problem when you're in D.C. and it's a lot of minorities here, especially black people. So that's going to be a problem. They found that clip. It wasn't he didn't say that on 106. Maybe he hinted around that a few times, but Um, it's unfortunate that it's tough. Is the risk he talk he took on his podcast? He knew he's gonna say controversial stuff, but I don't think he believed that it would go this far. Oh man, I, I love this show. I love this takes. I love what he said about Baltimore. His food takes are hilarious. Some I agree with, some I don't. Him and um, him and Landfill have great chemistry together. It was a great show. And it lasted, what, six years? It was a great show. All good things must come to an end. And um, maybe if he... I can't say better explain his point about... Because he, he was talking about the social justice movement in the nfl and the nba so i don't think you could say it any better than that i i don't i don't i'm trying to look at it from his standpoint i it is what it is um too many people have a problem with it so he had to go it's that simple um i'm if you think that's offensive i it is what it is. Uh, and 1067 The Fan is definitely within their rights to let him go. So there you go. Uh, but Chad Dukes, I enjoyed your show. And hopefully you fall on your feet. Uh, that's all. That's all I gotta say, man. Uh, tough, tough break for for a uh, big shooter. So there we go. So now, um, ESPN. So 500 jobs got cut from ESPN. And Bob Lee tweeted about it. He's a longtime ESPN uh, reporter personality. He's right up there with Chris Berman as far as ESPN legends. And he said, you know, he felt bad for the people who lost their jobs. He usually tried to stay out of it. He usually tried to stay impartial. But he just thought enough was enough and that uh, ESPN is selling out. You know, with these TV contracts and, I mean, with these NFL contracts and these stock prices. That's his opinion. Uh, I guess ESPN had to do what they had to do. People are cutting cords, slashing cords, especially now. Everyone's getting laid off. It's COVID. People are losing money. People are spending less money, so companies are earning less money. So they have less money to get their employees. This makes sense. It's it's logic. But ESPN was trending downward anyway because it's just a sign of the times. Less people watch TV, more people stream on their laptops, their phones, and their tablets. So the basic concept of the things that ESPN does is just not up with the times and you don't need as many camera people and editors and stuff. You don't need it when you can put all this Stuff online and not on TV. So, uh, uh, of course, the, you know, political left-leaning rhetoric and their perceived uh, left-leaning bias doesn't help either. But it ain't the number one reason. Trust me. It's a combination of things. It's a combination of things. And then COVID didn't help. Even my last job, I quit before I could get laid off. They were trending downward. They were trending in a new direction. They were dealing with less folders and they were making things electronic. ESPN's dealing with less papers and cameras and they're doing more stuff online and stuff and, and things like that. And more direct to consumer is the way to go. That is that is the way to go now. That's where we're headed. So that's gonna cost a lot of jobs. I feel bad for anyone who got cut by that. Uh, the last time they had big cuts like that, you saw a lot of big names get let go. Um, but this time, maybe not as big names, but still bad. I mean, that's a lot of jobs. Five hundred makes them look bad. But ESPN got to do what's best for them. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's it's bigger than a few hundred people. Not everyone's gonna like it, but. The company has to do what's best for them. That's just, it, it, it's unfortunate for some of those people that have families and stuff they have to feed, but just is what it is, bro. Like, for real. All right, now the KBO. The KBO. I'm going to tell you right now, it's playoff time. Uh, You know how that ladder goes. The five seed has to beat the four seed twice. They didn't. They lost their one game. Key Womb had the lead in the ninth inning. Or was it the eighth inning? Something like that. A walk here, a hit there, a walk here, error here. They lost. They choked. Kiwoom choked. At one point, they were in second place, right behind NC Dinos. Somehow, they slipped to fifth. Even with Addison Russell, even with that addition, it looked like they were going to be in second, but they ended up in fifth. And now they bounced. They lost to LG. LG and KT were surging second half of the season. It's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate for Kiwoom. They choked. I mean, maybe next year. Maybe they'll have Addison Russell next year. Uh, So then, you got the next round, which is best of three, Doosan and LG. Doosan did just enough to get that third seed back. So they end up playing LG with home field advantage, and... First game, they won 4-0 because Flexen, he was spectacular. He had 11 strikeouts in six innings. They won 4-0, amazing pitching performance. Then the next game, they were up 8-0. But they let LG come back. They held on to win 9-7. And now, just like that, we're down to three. It's Dusan versus KT starts on Monday. I can't wait. I might tape all the games. This is going to be a uh, best of five. I got Dusan winning because just, they're just the better overall team to me, even though KT is the hottest team in the league right now. I think Dusan is, is too much. But we'll see. We'll see. Some stats here. Mel Rojas Jr. Just killed it this year. Uh, he batting 349, got 47 home runs. 135 RBIs, batting average, he's in third, home run, he's in first, RBI, he's in first. That's probably MVP numbers. Uh Spang, that's their ace pitcher for KT. You got 152 strikeouts. That's fourth. That's fourth. You know, so this team is nice. I think the biggest reason why they are where they are today is that um, hot hitting, they are number two in home runs, KT. They are top three in batting average. In fact, all four teams in the semifinals are top four in batting average. So in this league, if you got the hot bats rolling, you're going to make it very far, and KT got really hot bats. That might spell trouble for Doosan, but at the end of the day, I mean, Doosan has... The lowest starting pitcher, ERA. They have, uh, they're really, they can, they got really good offense too. They got third lowest relief pitching, ERA. It's going to be a good matchup, I think. But I think Doosan will take it. They'll take it either 3-1 or 3-2. Uh, we'll see. Winner plays NC Dinos in the Korean series. And boy, that's going to be a good one. Who Whoever comes out of that i know i predicted nc and and dusan for like the whole first half of the season and then i got away from that but i always had nc dinos like from day one nc dinos was the best team in the league and they're probably gonna win the Korean series because they're just really good and they can do almost anything hey we'll see it's gonna be fun you know uh lg and key Womb is out the way so now we got the top three teams and let's Get rock and rolling. Hopefully, it's no blowout. Hopefully, it's no lopsided results. Hopefully, it's no sweeps. Just saying. All right. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. Hypothetical game of the episode this week is the 98 Bulls and Jazz All-Star Team versus the Cavs and Warriors. 2016 all-star team so here you go bulls and jazz you got john stockton this is starting five john stockton michael jordan Scottie pippen carl malone dennis rodman uh i was back and forth between starting rodman longley and Ulster tag but i end up starting rodman Cavs and warriors steph curry clay thompson lebron james kevin love i first i started tristan thompson but then i started draymond green so draymond green versus dennis rodman that's that's a hell of a battle for sure a battle that maybe you could say rodman won because he had double digit rebounds in all these games i mean it was a seven game series i made it a seven game series but here's the thing so for the 98 team for the bench you got jeff hornacek luke longley greg oscar's tag Byron Russell, Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr, Ron Harper, for the Cavs Warriors you got Kyrie Irving, Tristan Thompson or Draymond Green, whatever. Heck, Tristan Thompson, Igadala, J.R. Smith, Bogut, Harrison Barnes, almost said Smith, <laughs> and Sean Livingston. So <laughs> hey, first game, first game. Um, I did this on What If Sports just to make it easier on myself so I don't have to think too hard or be too biased. So first game, 2016, All-Stars won 112-100. They both made 10 threes, 98 and 2016, which is surprising because in the 90s, they weren't shooting that many threes. But then again, the game was at Golden State, whatever. Kevin Love had 19-9 and in that game. Pippen had 18, Curry 14, LeBron 13, Thompson 12. See, this was weird. See, I couldn't just leave it that way because I noticed that the minutes were spread out evenly. That doesn't make sense because you got Jordan and LeBron and Steph Curry, and I'm sure you want them on the court as much as possible. So that's what kind of made the game a little bit weird. Uh, Steve Curry had zero in that game. So what I did was – um, oh, and Kyrie Irving had 14 when the, the minutes were evened out. LeBron – oh, man, that was crazy. Um, So – I kind of gave Carl gave Malone, Michael Jordan, Pippen, Curry, Thompson. I gave them all, Kevin Love, more minutes. Gave them more minutes and ran simulations like a few more times. And I guess the 2016 team was up 3-1. But, of course, when you're dealing with Michael Jordan and Carl Malone, they're not just going to go out like suckers. So they won two more games to tie it up. Jordan had a few 30-point games. Uh, when I gave Jordan more minutes, he had a bigger impact on the series because he only had twelve points in the first game. So once we start uh giving them more minutes to the better players, it started looking different. But still, somehow this goes to a game seven. And the game seven wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Twenty sixteen team, twenty sixteen Warriors and Cavs ran away with it because LeBron had twenty seven. LeBron at 27. I think I got the sheet right here. I'm reading it right now. LeBron had 23, 13, and 12. 23 points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds. And, of course, he had some monstrous breakaway dunk in the fourth quarter to put it away. Of course. Kevin Love, who really surprisingly dominated this series. Well, not dominate, but he had a pretty good series. And he had a really good game here. He had 27 and 10. Klay Thompson was 16, 2 for 4 from 3. Steph Curry. The surprising thing about this series is that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were streaky. They were hot and cold. They still put up points, but they were streaky. And then Kyrie Irving struggled this series, surprisingly, because I don't think John Stockton and Jeff Hornacek Or even Ron could check Kyrie Irving. I think he's too much for those guys. But yet, with his limited minutes, he didn't do much. Maybe he does more with more minutes, but he didn't do much in this series. Draymond Green had 12 points, 13 rebounds. Compared to Dennis Rodney, who had 2 points, 8 rebounds. So I guess Draymond got the last laugh there. Jordan had 24, 7, and 6. Karl Malone had 24, 8, and 4. Uh, John Stockton only four points. That's probably the reason they lost. The bench did okay. They did okay. Uh, but the 2016 uh, Warriors and Cavs won 124 to 94 in game seven. Jordan couldn't turn up. He couldn't overcome Kevin Love and LeBron James. They were too much. I don't know what this does for your GOAT debate. I'm still undecided. But, <sighs> This i guess this is something to think about that that was fun to do that was fun to do shout out to what if sports for helping me with this hypothetical game of the episode once again so game seven 2016 Cavs and warriors over 98 bulls and jazz 124 94 and that is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode oh a lot of technical difficulties behind the scene but that's okay that's okay God is good all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm out. Peace. Hey, I'm going to Sonic, baby. Let's get it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.